people in there, the chat. So if you have any questions for us, just let us know and we're going to jump straight into this. So welcome to Geeks with Kids, the bi-weekly geeky podcast from a parenting point of view. I'm your host, Eric, and joining me this week is Shouse, Hawk, and Mr. Matt Moore. How's it going, guys? Hey, how's it going? <laughs> oh, you know, same old, same old. I, I feel like I, I'm i not dressed appropriately. Shouse is like all decked out and we're just like schlubbing it up. I have we a... Are, we are ready to... I, you know what? I, I, I need any excuse to take out the Star Wars stuff out of my closet. Why is it in your closet? <laughs> It should always. I, oh, I guess it's hung out, right? That makes sense. Um, <laughs> I, I, yeah, it's, it's it's nicely pressed and ready to go. You have children. We're shouldn't all that clothing be on the floor and stuff? Good lord. Oh, it is. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the closet, the floor of your closet. Okay, fair. Yes, <laughs> it looks very messy back there. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah, I know. You have a nicely like quaff. That's not the right term. He's organized. He's put together. You know, he knew the event tonight and that. And he, he went to his little, you know, bat cave closet and that. And he got his uniform <laughs> out. So, I mean, like, kudos to him. I know. He's prepared. I know. Yeah. Unlike the host here. So, like we uh, <laughs> like we do every week, we're going to. So, this week, we're not going to talk about the news because um, all we're going to talk about is Mando. It's and news. there's going to be so much I, news. because this <laughs> It'd be really funny if you got me all dressed up like this and then you switched to like Lord of the Rings or something. We're talking Lord of the Rings. The 4K <laughs> release just happened? No. Or Star uh, Universe. Talk- Wait, we're not talking about the KFC movie? Oh, man. Oh, oh I thought we were going to talk about that and what's good. <laughs> so, Are we, we still doing what's good? Yeah, we're going to still start off with um, the, the little segment we like to call what's good. What are we liking this week? Let's start with... Uh, shows because you're you're dressed the nicest. You you get to go first. <laughs> Ready what for do you like in town? What are you yumming on? Yum yum yum. I, 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 <laughs> you haven't been on in a while. I had started off. It's fast. been a month. I thought that would end. <laughs> you need Never. like a flashing graphic on the screen. Just Next say time, yum. Yeah. <laughs> yum. Yeah. I think there's actually an emote in our in our Twitch that is the is what's your yum? I think it's a poutine oh, that I put. Bless you. Fantastic. <laughs> I don't hate you for that at all. <laughs> shows. What do you like? I, I have been I've been playing a lot of Assassin's Creed Valhalla. Yeah. And I've been having a lot of fun with that. Such a good game. Uh it's it, you, you know what? It's it's uh it's a little daunting too though. Like with especially with any of these last, you know, well this would be the third of these massive Assassin's Creed games. Yeah. It's the last one just, of that too. <laughs> oh my god. Like it's just like okay, I think I know what I'm gonna do, but I know it's probably gonna take me like 50 hours to get <laughs> to get there, to where there, I want to be. There's a point where I was looking at the map and I was like, oh, look at this red area over here, and then I looked at the levels. Like, surely you won't want me to play the game for a hundred hours so I can get to this level, <laughs> this area. Yes, absolutely, they, they will. Do. Don't call them Shirley. I know. Oh, my <laughs> oh man. Um, you, so you're liking it? Are you are you pretty far? Oh in yeah. The game? Yeah, I'm well. I I don't think I'm super far. I'm maybe about twelve hours in or something. Just taking it a little bit at a time, and and I, at this rate, it'll take me until the end of time to finish it if I'm yeah, only twelve hours in. You'll you'll get to it at the end of 2021. And you'll find out how awesome the ending is for that game, um, and how that is actually the end of that trilogy. I, I I am excited to to work my way through it because I did beat most of the previous Assassin's Creed games. Uh, <laughs> I beat most of it. I got my, my first my first platinum was on Assassin's Creed two. Yeah, so that was something I was excited about. That was a you know, big game day. to get. There was a lot of collectibles. Yeah. I remember that oh, being yeah. a long game. That. And I think the last big one that I beat um, Assassin's Creed wise was probably Syndicate, which I had a lot of fun with. As I like well. that so, one. The Batman um, game. Oh, yeah, <laughs> both both Odyssey and um, uh, Origins. I feel like I have 
dozens and dozens of hours into, but then I just sort of gave up on. So I'm, I'm, you know, crossing my fingers that I can make my way through this one at least part of the way. So we'll see what happens, but I, okay. I am definitely having fun with it. In the Twitch chat, we have a hello from Real Dash Mars. Hello. Oh, what's up, Dash? What's going on, bud? Yeah. All right. Who do we go to next? I feel like Matt might have a rant, maybe, maybe. So let's go to he Hawk. He looks like he's ready. Oh. He, he's always looking like he's going to rant about something. Go, Hawk. I'm a very pleasant person. I don't understand what the problem is. That's cool. All right. So this week I am yumming. Son of I. Come on. You knew it was coming. (laughs) Oh, phrasing. The phrase was was right. My (laughs) choice for this episode is uh, Brandon Cronenberg's Possessor movie. Uh, Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Unfortunately, nobody saw it this year. That no one has seen anything this year. I know. I, I know it exists, and I actually saw it while I was doing some emergency last-minute shopping earlier today, hmm. and I was very intrigued. I was like, "Hmm, is it out well, on DVD or Blu-ray?" It is now out, available yeah. on DVD, Blu-ray, everything on that. Uh, I was at Walmart last week, and I saw it, and I was like, nice. "I'd heard, you know, it's it, it." There's a lot of subtle buzz for it. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're calling it one, probably one of the best sci-fi horror movies in years. Nice. Um, so I plunked down my cold hard cash. I picked it up, and that wow, what an experience! Nice. Not for the faint of heart, and that this is Brandon Cronenberg, David's son. Yeah, it's like it's, if it's the Cronenberg lineage, it's not going to be an easy sit. No, 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 no. I mean, like you know, like you know, all praise to his dad and everything, and that was a huge legacy for you know to live up to, and that. And it's like if you're going to jump into film like this, and that you're not going to do Pride and Prejudice, so. I mean, I would watch Cronenberg do Pride and Prejudice, but that would be incredible. I I would pay money to see that movie. I would pay money this year to see that movie. I can't. I can't even fathom how that would look. I can't. See, the scary part is, I started thinking about it. I instantly can, and it's horrifying, and I love it. And and Disney's going to announce it next week (laughs) because they own everything. (laughs) Everything. No, 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 it's going to be on HBO Max. (laughs) Oh yeah, one or the other. Oh my goodness. Well, the closest he did get was that movie uh, he did. uh, We had Viggo Mortensen playing Sigmund Freud. I don't know if anybody saw it. I didn't even get the chance to see I, it. I didn't, but just those are two names that I never thought would be in the same phrase with the word playing. Um, I don't think Sigmund Freud when I think Vigo, but I'm actually intrigued. I'm going to look that up because yikes. I'll look up the title uh, later on, but uh, yeah. Kira Knightley play, plays his patient in that. Uh, other than that I'm, I'm not too sure. Oh, okay. No, yeah. I do think. Okay. Now I actually do think I know which one you're talking huh. about. I think. Anyways, well, we were talking about this uh, movie last night, and I I feel like Hawk, you have an idea for a future episode. Yeah, I thought we'd use this film as kind of a jumping in point for a Geeks with Kids retrospective on uh, the works of David Cronenberg. We can it's more under their Geeks with Kids After Dark section than that, but I think it's it been be a while since we've done a an fun after dark. podcast for us yeah. to do. Yeah. Are we all picking one? Oh, you know, we'll talk about it when we figure, we'll figure it out. that out off camera. I, I, I kind of feel like this is one of those lists I should go uh, pick myself. Uh, yeah, just, do it. Yeah. And then okay. just pick like four or five. I'm going to do, then, I'll do, uh, I think four. Three, three, or f- three or three or five. We'll see. We'll see. How yeah. It, it, he, it's, it's a lot an of extensive watching. career and like a lot. To pick There's like, you that. could do like a solid top five with Cronenberg and kind of hit like the gamut of his career. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I, I still think you could get a good representation uh, from four movies. So. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. 
So, anyways, I gotta talk about this movie, Possessor, and that. Do it. Yeah, I, yeah. I feel like it's something I don't really. Nobody should really know a lot about when they're getting into it. <clears throat> but, uh, nice. It's fall. It's sci-fi horror. Uh, mostly follows along the kind of like his, you know his father's fascination with body horror, but mm-hmm. definitely he's not trying to ape his dad. I think he's nice. got a real original voice, and I, I'm looking forward to seeing anything he puts out in the future. Uh, uh, you know, and he's he has those same kind of instincts as his dad. He's unafraid to tackle like one of the big topics, sex, in the you know mm-hmm. the same way his dad used to to tackle it in his yeah. films. In fact, he's found a way to to kind of reflect the new age of like you know internet pornography in his and that. So the kind of same. So thing. you're saying this isn't something I should watch with my kids. Your kids should be in bed, safely tucked away in that behind locked doors. You should be behind the locked door watching this movie. Megan's going to come down and watch, see me watching this movie. She's going to just look at it and turn around and walk back up. Is that, is that what's going to happen? Yeah, exactly. Like most yeah. of the movies I watch. <laughs> Given all that, it's still probably one of the best experiences I've had with the film this year. Uh, that's awesome awesome i'm glad yeah please yeah everybody check it out yeah i'll I'll definitely check it out i think we'll probably do that at the end of january i think we got to do like a end of 2020 episode in at the beginning of january yeah just really just like a a quick midweek little recap right there's not a heck of a lot to cover no 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 the the highs and lows and lows and lows and lows (laughs) and lows your top five lows all right well i'm gonna go next unless you're not done hawk you're good I'm good. All right, I'm going to talk about my yum, and obviously, like me and my and my Facebook uh, crew of Christmas movie people, I've been watching a lot of Christmas movies, um, and one I really have to um, suggest if you like Christmas and you like musicals and you like fun music and fun awesomeness, um, Jingle Jangle on Netflix is probably one of my favorite Christmas movies now. It just oh, premiered. Good maybe like a month ago and it has like an incredible cast like Forrest Whitaker's in it and uh, Keegan-Michael Key is in it and it's a musical who knew those two could sing not I I I can see Keegan-Michael Key I did but that's because of something that I'm going to talk about but I knew that because of his show I just assumed it wasn't real but it was apparently so um and he was in prom which was also Quite yeah, that's good. what I was about to. Oh, sorry. You sorry. Wanted, to, you wanted to rant. Just give me a minute. Oh, you didn't like it? Okay. Anyway, we'll talk about it in there. Um, and also, um, I've been uh, I've been watching some KFC movies called uh, Recipe for Seduction, and it is the worst thing I've seen. Oh, all we're year. doing an episode. Oh on my that. god, we could do a whole episode on movie, it. I thought we were going to. Yeah. Yeah. Well, a, a three-hour deep dive <laughs> of, of a fifteen-minute movie. Yeah, the episode's gonna be longer than the actual film. Oh movie. my god. <laughs> um, yeah, when I watched it, it just oh melted my brain. I had this like oh anyway anyway. If you ever need something to take you out of any kind of a holiday funk, that's the movie to do it. Yes, I will agree with that. <laughs> this movie confuses me. I, the, just a little I know about it. I can't decide if it's comedy or some sort of high irony or what. Yes. Or, or a commercial. It's, yes. It's, yes. Oh, the chicken. Oh, that just made me want to get more chicken. Anyway, yeah. um, Jingle Jangle. Go check it on Netflix. It's a great movie. It's fun. Fun for the fa- whole family. The music is infectious and, and well done. And just watch it. It's good. Uh, so, Memoir, um, take us away. <laughs> Okay, which one would you like? Would you like the one on the prom? Or would you like the one on... Uh, well, actually, it's really the prom is the only one that I have a bit of a rant on. The other one's just a, a fun little ironic snippet that I'll put out. Oh, I would love to 
because I never saw the show or the musical of the prom and I watched the movie and I actually enjoyed it. Yeah, let me know mm-hmm. about the prom. I I didn't see the show proper. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, and I never I, heard the music. I had never heard see, anything. The problem is I had listened to the music. I remember when it came out, there was a whole ton of buzz and people yeah, were yeah. falling all over themselves for this musical. And I'm like, I okay, I'm, I'm intrigued. The concept sounded interesting and yeah. kind of whimsical, funny. Oh, wait, for those that don't know, do you want to um, say what the concept is? Um, <laughs> trying to think of how to summarize it in a way that will not sound. It's, it's, it's a little trite. Um, <laughs> group of Broadway performers want to reunite their careers, decide to focus on a cause they can rally behind. And that cause of the rally behind is this small town in like the middle of nowhere U S that are having their first gay prom. Well, they don't want it. They, they, they don't want the girl to go to prom. So they can't, yeah, they don't prom. want her to. Yeah. So, so they're like, whole, let's not, that can't happen. Let's yeah, get it's publicity. A whole, yeah. I'm it's listening. a whole thing. That's the rough concept and it's a musical. So it being 2020, this is the issue I had with it is that this sounds like a really great cause. It's something that's a little hard for me to wrap my brain around in 2020. Cause that seems at least for me being, uh, you know, the, the most hated of demographics looking at the scenario. I'm like, I don't know if that's as big an issue now as it may have been even five years ago, but I don't know. Certainly not. I'm going to go with yes, just based on how the States is. Sure. But that's what I mean. Like from where I am as a, as a Anglo-Saxon male over the age of 40 living in Canada, I don't, I don't identify with the struggle that exists in that personally. However, I'm always game for a, a, a madcap wacky, you know, romantic comedy. So I'll, I'll listen to it. The songs were okay. Like just from the original Broadway, the songs were okay. Nothing is memorable in that show to me really. Like there's no, no song that I could hum bars from right now. It's like, Oh, I totally like, this is the song that I remember. It just d- didn't register with me. They were okay. I was always maintaining that. I really want to know what the story is. Cause I'm sure that these songs are poignant in relation to the story. And then I watched the movie. The biggest issue I had with the movie, the casting I thought was, they had phenomenal names attached to this movie. I think it was great. They got so many big names. Meryl Streep, uh, Michael yeah. Keegan, uh, Keenan Michael, Michael Key, Key um, um, oh uh, James Corden, um, Andrew Reynolds, um, yeah. uh, the Bullet, what's her name? I, From I Hamilton. Oh, Ariana, Ariana the Boss. Yeah. And I can't remember the new girl. I just don't yeah. know. Oh, and, and, think, and uh, Nicole Kidman. My bad. Yeah, Nicole Kidman. Yes. Phenomenal names attached to it. I think it's absolutely great. The issue, the biggest issue I had with this is that. This was not a movie that I recall being slated for a cinematic release. I may be wrong, but I don't remember there being anything straight to Netflix, straight to Netflix. Awesome. Netflix in the past has actually been able to take recordings of Broadway shows and just post them up there. They've done it with Shrek. They had Billy Elliot. They've done a few of those for a show that had closed on Broadway very, very recently. Personally, the least they could have done get, get the cast to come over and do the show regardless of the name power, because again, if you're not, if this is slated to be straight to Netflix, the name recognition in and of itself is relatively inconsequential. Mm. Cause if you're trying to just pull eyes to it, putting the, like just reading that cast list, if I read a movie, I'm like, if I had never heard of this and I saw that cast list, I would go, what the hell is this movie about? Cause those are names that you would never expect to see in a marquee together ever. Really? 
other than the fact that they have all been known to sing in movies before. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I, James Corden, I kind of feel like he'd appear at your birthday party for the right price. So, <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> That's the quote of the day, too. Oh, Dang, oh. Yo. I'm going to clip that and put that as the clip for this Dang. episode. Yeah. Um, I like James Corden. I know. I think they're all great performers. But again, it's the it just it felt in a show about Broadway performers being inauthentic. It felt really, really inauthentic just watching that movie. I could see that. Um, and it just like, again, like the cast does a great job. But it just it's a show that. Again, it might just be because I'm old and out of touch, and I'll be the first one to admit it. But it's a show that I always felt relied on the heart of the cast, like mm-hmm. like to have that heart come through. Did not get that watching that movie. I like the the relationship between James Corden and that girl that I can't remember mm-hmm. her name, the main girl. I thought it, I thought that seemed genuine. Um, I didn't mind the cast. I remember when they announced it like two years ago because mm-hmm. Ryan Murphy made a big to do about it, like he had just finished promoing Hollywoodland. Is that that's the thing he did Hollywood. Landing. I think so. Yeah. Think um, so. yeah for Netflix. Yeah. And he's like, I'm going to make a movie, a movie musical. Cause I haven't done Glee in such a long time. And I'm going to mm. bring all these big names in it. And I'm going to do this property. That's very hot right now. So mm-hmm. that's what I remember hearing from it. Yeah. Um, and again, it's, 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 there's nothing wrong with it. I was just like, I, underwhelmed is the best way I can say it. I was just like, kind of underwhelmed. Hmm. Um, but I had that same feeling about like Into the Woods when I watched the Disney version of that. I was just <sighs> underwhelmed watching it. I, was, and I think it's just yeah, a matter of his head in shame. <laughs> I Into the Woods is one of my favorite shows. Um, so mm-hmm. seeing Disney like budget, I, I wish they did a better job. <laughs> <laughs> more than I anything. think that's more than I mean. Anything. I really, I life. really do think we are at the point right now where, and I'm still holding out hope. I'm I'm looking forward to seeing in the heights when they finally release it i'm looking forward to seeing west side story when they finally release it i think we are kind of at the point right now as a consumer society where you don't need to take a a popular stage property and real world movie make it Mm -hmm. you can give people are more than happy to actually watch and you can get these actors on stage doing that show and film it all on a stage in a theater and a set and just do that. Don't try to make it happen in a, in a real world setting, because for some reason, every time they do that, something always goes weird with the movie and it falls flat. Hmm. I've been just every movie musical I've seen in the last almost decade at this point, almost two decades have just felt inauthentic. Like they're trying to make it a big deal. Even Les Mis, and I loved Les Mis because I thought they did a great job with that. But you lose some of that magic that you get with a stage show when you suddenly put it in the streets of Paris and you can physically see all the stuff around. I'm like, it doesn't feel the same as a bunch of people on a blank stage. I wonder if I that. I wonder if that's because we're theater kids. Maybe. Hawk. But I mean, like, you're you're not a theater person. Like, no. would you rather see a stage production versus a? filmed version like does it matter to you given everything i've heard so far it's like you couldn't entice me to watch a film version of this you know just by putting meryl streep into it i still like it uh i i you know after watch yeah after what i watched at hamilton and that you know i i think like an original broadway production with the original cast and that you know shot you know elegantly on like you know high definition would be a much better experience than that. Yeah. And it's like, I, uh, right now, like just as a layman, I think it's probably an undertap to resource and that, you know, so mm-hmm. I don't know why Netflix isn't more over all. Or of 
Even better, Netflix, why don't you talk to the New York archives and get all those 5,000 professionally shot musicals that we can't see because they're sitting in that library just waiting for people to come in there and be like, I want to watch an archive. Mm-hmm. Oh! Pre-produced media that's wide, that's available currently, mm-hmm. you know, uh, for a culture-starved yeah. audience right now. Well, and that's this is that's the thing I've always said. I have no problem with the casting choices. The casting choices are always the casting choices, and they will be what they will be. But if you want to do a show like that, like a musical, where you want to bring, sorry, excuse me, names in, that's fine. But you can still shoot it like a stage show, because then the problem always becomes the well, we can't have them do it live on stage because they can't sing it. Then you shouldn't have them singing it to begin with. Mm-hmm. Like the fact that they can go into a studio and you can master a studio track to make them sound that good means they shouldn't be playing that role. I mean, the thing that made me the happiest was when they announced the cast for In the Heights, starring Anthony fucking Ramos, who had done Hamilton. And he was the one driving that because people wanted to see him play that role. And he also did it at the Lincoln Center for a while. Absolutely. Like he like I would rather you get powerhouse performers. And if you're going to get these Broadway performers, get the one. It's a great showcase because they're doing a role that they're kind of iconically known for on a larger scale. And then, you know, they can sing and you know that they have the quality because I've always found getting like Hollywood stars in. It might give you a good opening weekend when it comes to box office draw, but it's not going to make millions and millions of people go see a movie that they weren't already going to see anyways. (laughs) Um, I think for in the Heights, at least they had Lin-Manuel backing Anthony Ramos. He -hmm. had a really great performance in, um, what was that movie with Lady Gaga and Bradley Cooper? The Star oh, is born. Uh, the Star is born. born. Yeah. So he was also really good in that. So I think the studio really backed him. But no, I understand what she's what you're saying, and I feel like for me, In the Heights is going to be the big thing for me next year mm-hmm. when it comes out. Because if that doesn't produce, and it's just, and that's mostly like stage artists in that movie. So I'm looking forward yeah. to that, and I can't wait. But mm-hmm. let's move on. We're going to talk yeah. about the Mandalorian this uh, this episode. I know you're all surprised that it's not in the title or anything, but this, the show just ended on December 18th, 2020 with the 16th chapter with and this, the second season premiered on October 30th of this year. So we got our, our eight episodes and they were personally for me, wonderful. Um, so we're going to, I'm going to just do a, a quick rundown of the season and then we're going to talk about some highlights of the, the season, some lowlights of the season. And then we're going to talk about that finale because there's a lot <laughs> to unpack about it. And then, you know, we're going to probably talk about the, the 52 things that Disney announced. No, not, not all 52, just all the Star Wars stuff. So the season starts off, um, the season last, the, the first season ended with the Mandalorian, um, getting tasked to find the child's uh, planet, his his people. So this season we see the Mando going through hoops and like uh, loops and turns just to get him to his people. So he he ends up going to Tatooine, uh, fighting a crate dragon. Um, he goes to this watery planet where he ends up meeting Bo-Katan, which is a character from Rebels and Clone Wars, which is very important to the Mandalorian history. He finds out that the creed that he has been brought up in is actually a really strict 
religious cult of the Mandalorians. We'll talk about that in a bit. Um, um, she tasks him to find Ahsoka Tano, who is one of the last Jedi that she knows, to sort of reach out um, and maybe find someone to train the the child. So he meets Ahsoka Tano on a planet. There's a giant Kurosawa-inspired episode, which well, I'm sure is one of our highlights. Um, and she tells him that she can't train him because he is too old. <laughs> He's 50. And we 50, find out yeah. uh, Grogu's actual name, which is Grogu. I don't know why I said that. That's the child. Um, He's right there. They he she gets tasked to put Grogu or he gets tasked to put Grogu on the seeing stone to reach out through the force to find a teacher, and ends up getting taken by dark troopers, dark troopers. Um, Moff Gideon has a a, a battalion of them on his star cruiser. So we Mando ends up uh, teaming up with Boba Fett and Farrick, who is a, a an assassin that we saw last season. That was dying, but it's now saved. And uh, they go off and through the help with the help of Bo-Katan, they take over. Um, what's his name's? What's his last? What's Moff the, Gideon. Moff Gideon's Star Cruiser um, mm-hmm. and get the child back uh, with the Mando taking the Darksaber through battle against Moff Gideon. <sighs> as they're waiting there for um, <laughs> as they're waiting there and after they defeated the Dark uh, Moff Gideon, they find out that a legion of Death Troopers are coming back Dark on troopers. board. Dark Troopers are coming back on board. And a X-Wing flies in. <laughs> God. Uh, <laughs> and you see this Jedi just tearing through all these Dark Troopers. Destroying them. Um, and when we get to the... <laughs> we find out that that's Luke Skywalker, voiced by Mark Hamill, which is amazing. <laughs> and uh, he takes Grogu in a moment that I never thought I'd say, and that would be me hating Luke Skywalker for breaking up this family. And uh, yeah, that's where the season ends. And there's a post credits, which we'll talk about at the end of the mm-hmm. episode. So what were the highlights of this season for you guys? Any, just go, anyone. <laughs> what? Yes. All of it? Was there, where, do you, where, yep. do you, where do you start? You know, this, um, for, for me, this is how any franchise does fan service properly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, it was it's not even was, just fan service. It's just doing a property, the respect that it deserves, right? It it was, but there was a, there were enough things that I actually talked to Jen about this because she and I have been watching this, watching the series, but at alternating times because of work yeah, schedules yeah, and whatnot. Same. That and I will, I'm passing this along from her. She's like, make sure you tell them this. Jen likes Star Wars, but she's not a Star Wars like fan, like fanatic fan. She doesn't know extensive lore she knows the movies yeah yeah and her exact quote was as someone that doesn't know shit about a lot of this i was actually impressed because the important stuff was still important even if i didn't know 10 years of lore behind it like she knew who ahsoka was without knowing who ahsoka was like she was like this is an important person yeah she got that bo katan and the dark saber were a huge deal had we never watched any of the animated stuff like it was able to give you a story that wasn't so reliant on extended universe knowledge that it's not accessible to people that are just tuning into it yeah that being said those that do know the extended universe knowledge (laughs) (laughs) wow 
it, it, that's, and that's what I mean when I say this is fan service done right, where you can have all these amazing extended universe Easter eggs that aren't detrimental to the plot for the general public. Mm-hmm. No, I, and I, can I jump in here? I'm going to, I'm going to jump down to the lowest of my highlights for the season on that, you know, because okay. this was an explosive season. It was just packed with characters, packed with like, you know, those surprises that, you know, just delighted like the, you know, the, the Star Wars fans that, that have explored all the canon between the movies and that for years. But what I loved is that Mando himself, even surrounded by all these you know, impressive characters and lore and that, they never sidelined his character in that, you know? Mm-hmm. Every action sequence you saw him, every fight sequence you saw him in, in that, you know, he, he was he's solely the hero in, in, in it, you know? Even even with the likes of Ahsoka Tano and that, you know? It's like, he, he is a character who has earned his place in Star Wars canon and that because they did a fantastic job in making him the hero that he, you know, he was meant to be. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. Um, I think for me, the only thing that really bothered me, like I, I agree with everything you guys have said, but this season, at least when it started off, sem- seemed like a giant continual fetch quest. Like you're just like, go here, then go here, then go here, then go here. Mm-hmm. And that sort of bothered me, but not enough to be for me to be like, I hate this season because I still think yeah. it's, it's wonderful. And I see where each piece uh led to like the first one led to boba fett's armor um which ended up being you know how we got boba fett onto the show and mm-hmm. being such an important part of the show or like there's that spider episode that made it feel like you can actually have a scary star wars movie but that led mando to the water planet where he met bo katan right so everything had its place even mm-hmm. if i didn't know it was going to those places at the time um that being said, me being a massive Star Wars fan, all, all around <laughs> me, um, there were so many references that weren't just like in your face, mm-hmm. but were like little tidbits in there. Like Cobb Vanth in the first episode was a minor character in one of the books like five years ago. So it's just seeing stuff like that that makes me being a Star Wars fan be like, oh, that's awesome that you're actually making this world fit together. This is the sequel to the original trilogy that the sequel trilogy should have been like it yes like it made me care about the characters like me and hawk were talking about this i think last night it made me mm-hmm. care about the characters the characters they brought back had relevance and mm-hmm. weren't just like sidelined and just like not like show show pieces for us to see and be like hey this is the reason for you to come see this they're like there for a reason not just to randomly drink green milk and then die <laughs> um I, I feel like the Luke Skywalker we saw in this in this season was where I expected him to be. Yes. Um, it was Luke this, in his prime. It was Luke in his this, prime. This was the Jedi. This is the Jedi master who is just becoming a master. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But he's still, he still has all that idealism that he had at the end of Return of the Jedi, where he hasn't had the years of mistakes and missteps and failures that have ground him down into what we ultimately see in the last last trilogy. Um, Mm -hmm. That being said, I do appreciate that John Favreau and Dave Filoni have made steps in this series that um, connect to the sequel trilogy. And it's actually important for the sequel trilogy. Um, They talk about Operation Cinder, which was something like we had talked about because it was in like a prequel for, Mm-hmm. Battlefront 1 or Battlefront 2? Yep. I can't even remember what it was. It was from Battlefront, yeah. yeah. Uh, so 
Like, um, and those books as well that I read. You know. Yeah. I, I appreciated the fact that with the, the whole thing with the, I just need to study his blood. Yeah. Like it's the, like that whole, like you have, we've now basically, I may be speculative. I don't know. You're right. I'm going to assume it. This is now the steps towards bringing Palpatine back. Yeah. Well, we saw the yeah. clones, right? We saw the, the broken clothes. Yeah. I assume yeah. that that was like a Snoke version, like beta, like zero, zero point. Yeah. One seven. They've they've tried to do that before. Like I remember with I think it was uh, Attack of the Clones, where um, during the Battle of Geonosis you actually get to see the Death Star plans yep. very briefly, yeah. and and so Star Wars has tried that before, but I don't think they've ever done it quite as well as they've done they did it with right. with Mandalorian, like with these snippets for storylines you know are coming, and you're just not sure where they're going to come. Well, and that's what kind of works is because as much as this is, you know, it's filling in the gaps between Jedi and Force Awakens, there's what, 20, 30 years between mm-hmm. those timelines? So there's a lot of things that can happen where they can have these little eggs posted around, but it's not, they don't have to do the, eh, eh, eh? <laughs> like they can just have that there and it's there. And then if you look at the whole series of everything together you're like there's all the little pieces that then lead to this and and that was one of my my favorite parts about my sort of my, my viewing experience for this show is that i would watch the episodes and and then i would watch a few youtube analysis videos that people would put out going frame by frame talking about every little detail that was not immediately thrown into the spotlight. Like there were actually some videos that I like to watch that would actually take the, uh, the text. I forget what it's Orbesh. called, the language Orbesh. Yeah. And they would actually translate it all. And it was done. So um, the production design in the show was done so well that every single word that appears in the show can translate to something nice. like everything down to the, the menu in the restaurant in the last episode of the season <laughs> yeah. had, had all of these different uh, food choices that were from various star Wars um, parts of star Wars lore. <laughs> and there was, one that was uh, vegetarian meat, I think, was on the menu. That's hilarious. Um, the, yeah, sorry, go, Matt. Well, I was going to say, the, the, just because Shouse actually kind of hit on this in a really, really cool way. The one thing that I absolutely loved, and I'm sure you're probably going to talk about this later, was the callback to episode two, like Star Wars episode two, Attack of the Clones. Which one? Um, <laughs> with... with Boba repeating what Django had said. Oh, just a, mm-hmm. I'm just a simple man in the galaxy. I'm just a man trying to make his way through the galaxy. Yeah. Adding on that, Bo-Katan going, uh, talking to him in that finale and saying, I've heard your voice hundreds of times. Shouldn't you say your, your sponsor? I was like, your donor? I was like, times. oh, yeah. damn. Yeah. That, that's hard. Which makes me think that hopefully um, when we see a further season with, I assume we're going to see more Bo-Katan. We yeah. definitely are going to see more Bo-Katan based yes. on the finale, but I hope we get to see like the clone troopers that she worked with, like Captain Rex, because Tamara Morrison's the right age to fight all these people now. Yeah. So, oh my God. This, well, like, but even then, all they need to do is like, as they proved in that episode and they've proved in Rogue One, if they have an imprint of him, they can have him show up a lot on screen and he'll just be getting a hell of a lot of voice work. Yeah. 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 I, I'm trying to think of what else, like there's so much in this. Um, let's let's talk about Boba Fett because he was a very important part of this series, and I don't think any of us really expected him to really show up. Um, after last season, because we had heard the Spurs when Fennec was dying, and people were like, "Oh, that that's Jake, that's Boba Fett's Spurs." But part of me was like, "They're not gonna actually do that." 
And then they showed him at the end of the first first episode. And he's like, well, shit, he has a Jaffa stick. (laughs) Yeah, I I give full respect to them for a bringing the actor back. Like, and by said that, I mean, bringing the actor back, that was Django Fett, who he was cloned from Yep. Mm-hmm. because it would make no sense if they didn't bring him back. Yeah. That's I give them full credit for doing that. They gave us the redemption story for a character that we never thought would get a redemption story. Yeah. Mm-hmm. How, and they gave us the action sequence. So like it's 30 years later, we got the, the hallway fight from Darth Vader in rogue mm-hmm. one. We get Boba Fett kicking ass on that plane without his armor and with his armor. And then we Mm -hmm. got Luke Skywalker like mowing down dark troopers like his dad in Rogue One. Like that's what I love is the fact that they kind of had that fight sequence cinematically mirror what happened in Rogue One. Yeah. You're sitting there, you're watching him choke that, that uh, dark trooper, (laughs) like the last dark trooper. And you're like, he didn't need to do that, but he he did it. He he pulls a Mace Windu with that because he does the same thing that Mace did to um, Grievous. Who's that? Just yeah. cru- like crushes the chest plate. I'm like, oh, so good. Like again, it's like the amount of tie-ins and callbacks and the thought that has been put into every instance of reference in this series to something else. Like it's never just thrown out there. It's there for a reason, and it's there for a specific reason. Mm-hmm. Let's let's uh, let's you know what? Let's just go straight into the finale because I think that is pretty where we are headed towards. Um, the the episode right before it, the the believer were. Um, where the Mando sends pretty much the exact speech Gideon gave to him in the first season, word for word, back to him. <laughs> that was cool. And then the next episode is just like action, action, action. We get to see Slave One kick ass, and it's a mm. neat little way to get him to go off in, on his own adventure, which we'll talk. Can can, can I mention r- yeah, really quick? I, th- I think it was a previous, uh, it wasn't the finale, it was like near the end, there when um, when uh, Boba Fett launches the uh, the seismic uh, oh, charge. sonic charge. Yeah. yeah. Just like, whoa. <laughs> as soon as he was raising fighters. up, and I saw those two fighters following him, I was like, oh, please, please, I'm putting up my volume right yep. now for this. Yeah. <laughs> and it happened. So like, good. The sound is so satisfying. Oh, Again, it's just one of those little moments where it's like mm-hmm. Filoni just honors the whole sandbox and that, you know? Yeah. yeah. Oh, man. Oh, yeah. What, what, let's see. What's that? Oh, you know what? Before we go into the finale, there was, there was a, an episode that was sort of self-contained. Not really, but um, it was the, the jailbreak into... <laughs> into you know into that imperial facility there was a lot of talk this whole season about looking at things from a different point of view the imperial point of view and how Mm. they see the the rebel alliance and how they were sort of being cheered as heroes at certain times through the season like uh we had those rebels not rebels but uh pirates trying to get mando and that dude guy like they're they're their um their cargo as they're going towards the imperial and we're like cheering for the tie fighters to come and you know blow them up but mm-hmm. um, we, we see them get back there and they're just normal people and then we uh get to the first scene in the in the finale and there's a there's an imperial pilot holding that doctor and he's like he's talking to Cara Dune and he's talking about how the rebels had killed millions of people on those death, death stars and how yeah you know, it was a small price to pay to see all of those. Alderaan blowing up was a small price to pay to see Terrace, um, you know, get what they deserved. It's 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 fascinating. What did you guys think of that? 
I love this theme yeah. and I love that they've explored it quite a bit throughout the series. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, cause we got so used to just seeing like, you know, like these officers blindly follow orders and that and click their heels and doing so. And that, uh, mm-hmm. faceless stormtroopers, you know, that were just basically these knockdown, you know, punching bags for the, mm-hmm. for the entire series. And that this season has really explored, like, you know, not only, seeing it from their perspective and that, but also it goes right into the, to the fanaticism of some of the higher ups and that like mm-hmm. a whole speech that he made in the, in the Imperial base, not episode or chapter, you know, uh, seventh episode, the fif- uh, that 15, officer. the believer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The believer, like, um, Mayfield yeah, is talking to that, his uh, old commanding officer about yeah. operation cinder. And he's one of those guys who believes in the cause of the empire. You know, yeah. Uh, you know, the, the tyranny, he recognizes it and that, you know, that's the, the need for order and that it's, it's all, it's a religion to these guys, to the yeah. higher ups. I yeah. thought Bill Burr did an incredible job in that episode. He was great. He, he's really, he's, he's really grown, not just as a comedian and that, and like, you know, with like all, you know, all his specials, mm-hmm. you know, his uh, mm-hmm. Netflix cartoon series and that he's really kind of expanding his range in, in acting too. Yeah, and apparently mm-hmm. he likes Star Wars now. <laughs> <laughs> Who knew? I love the, he trashed Star Wars in the interviews all, all his career. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, he, his character is also a great example of uh, someone like we expect, we expected him to be such a, generic bad guy from last season and to mm-hmm. see all those layers and where he came from mm-hmm. it's it's so good like this show gives you so much characterization in people that you wouldn't expect mm-hmm. it's, it's wonderful oh yeah no well it's, it's done a great job of of humanizing both sides of the of the fight and that's just that's what makes it so compelling is that you're not just getting stock characters you're not getting you know these are the good guys and we're going to go in depth in them and then the bad guys are bad Ah. like they actually give you reasoning and logic and development of character to have you at least understand why they're doing even if you don't if you don't believe in it you can understand why they think what they're doing is right I also say another angle is that like, once again, like the series, you know, remember the frog lady episode and that Yeah, it does something star Wars, like only star Wars has done, you know, for, you know, in my, in my experience in sci-fi and that they were, it was the first series to really humanize like non-human entities, like the, mm-hmm. you know, R2D2, C3PO yeah. and that we didn't just see them as just these stock kind of robots, you know, that followed around their masters and that they, you know, he really did. A gr- he does a great job in humanizing the, the non-human. Mm-hmm. That was a, that was an episode by Peyton Reed, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, oh yeah, the the director of Ant Man. He directed two episodes this season. The yeah. second episode, which was the scary one, <laughs> and mm. the scary spider one, eh, and the mm-hmm. finale, which was amazing. Ah, mm-hmm. uh, um, where do we go? Where do we go but, from uh, here? Can, can can I mention really quickly, like yeah. especially as as a Canadian, how excited I was to see um, Paul's <laughs> son Huang Lee, son yes. Huang Lee, yeah, <laughs> on the show, like from Kim's Convenience. Do you know how I, he got that role? Yeah, he, he was actually a cosplayer and he was such a big fan that he actually had like the costume his, already himself. His, right? his Instagram um, had it all like he has cosplay uh, all over his Instagram, which is awesome. And Dave Filoni is a big fan of Kim's Convenience. So he called him up one day and, and he was just like, what? You want me to be in Star Wars? So he goes down there. 
So he went down there and sorry, let me just finish this. He went down there and they were measuring his head for a helmet and they had a box with an actual helmet from episode four. And he's like, what's in there? He's like, oh, you can look at it and you try it on if you want. And he opened it up and he saw like the, the starburst logo um, symbols on it. And he's like, is that big dark lighters helmet? I'm like, yeah. And he's like, so he's like, is that the actual one? And they're like, yeah, it is. We, we just took it out of the archives to, you know, to build yours off of. And he's like, can I, can I try it? <laughs> so he put it on and he started crying because, you know, as a Star Wars fan, you don't expect that, like that they kept yeah. any of this or that you could touch it. And him being yeah. such a big fan, he got to wear it. And I'm getting a little teary eyed just thinking about that because mm. I want that one day, one day, <laughs> one day. <laughs> well, hopefully it's not the last we're going to see of him either. No, it, based on the, uh, the uh the next season of or the the announced shows on uh disney mm-hmm. plus i think he might show up a lot I, awesome. I would hope so but we'll get to that later yeah <laughs> sorry was there really, anything else you wanted to add sorry Hawk. really quickly uh apparently uh it, i read in a tweet really quickly I, uh, somebody will have to confirm it but uh his call sign on his helmet reads appa does it oh <gasps> i hope it's angry appa <laughs> <laughs> I will, I will look that up um, later, but that's amazing. That would be the greatest Easter egg if they'd done that. Oh. Like, just, that's brilliant. I'm and the guy who just says, okay, see you. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, and Dave Filoni got to play his X-Wing pilot again uh, as yeah. Appa's co-pilot. Oh, my God. I'm just going to call him Appa for this show because that's amazing. Um, this series also brought to life Bo-Katan, who is one of the most important characters in the Clone Wars and Rebels cartoons. Uh, she was a Mandalorian uh, of the Death Watch clan. That actually, you know, secured the planet um, with Sabine and ended up with the Darksaber at the end of the animated series, ruling Mandalore, or at least the Mandalorians. So we don't know what happened in the time between uh, the animated series and the live action, but Mm -hmm. Moff Gideon ended up getting the Darksaber somehow. Mm-hmm. Anyway, um, it sounds the, like he. It sounds like he defeated her and, and took it from her because mm-hmm. it sounds like that. That's the way that the dark sabers is so, created. Yeah. So originally, that's how you would get the dark sabers to win it in battle. But Sabine actually gave it to Bo-Katan at the end of the animated series. So the fact mm-hmm. that Mando also offered it to her and she said no, I wonder mm-hmm. if she thought because it was handed to her the last time and she got defeated by Moff Gideon, there was mm-hmm. some sort of like. I want to say she didn't feel like she was actually worthy of the successor role Maybe. or something like that. I wonder, mm-hmm. what do you guys think about that? I, I honestly, that, that I, it's hard to speculate on. I think part of it too, is that it was very, at least to me, it was very apparent that Gideon played, played them all with that. Mm-hmm. Cause he knew that she was there to get that saber back. And he, and he knew that if Nando beat him for it, he would give him that saber knowing that it would then create that rift. Yeah, because if his sole goal was I'm going to help you take back Mandalore and now he has to be the one to do it or she's going to have to beat him to get it. Yeah, he, he can sit back and go, well, my work here is done. You go have fun now. Amazing. Hot, I, I, I love the look of terror in in, uh, in Gideon's eyes when he saw Luke Skywalker coming in. Yeah, yes. he's probably one oh, of the only so people cool. that actually knew about him or saw him. Well, I I think at that point, like Skywalker would have been an absolute, like he would have been a nightmare legend to every Imperial Yeah, because he, he killed Vader. He killed the emperor. 
He destroyed the and Death he, Star twice. And he, <laughs> he would have been their most wanted. And he is like one of the last most prolific Jedi. So therefore, like everyone would know who he is. And for an Imperial, that's not a good thing. Yeah. Um, he was also part of the ISB, um, Moff Gideon, which is the intergalactic, no, Imperial Security the, Branch, which is sort of like their- like the secret police. Yeah, yeah like yeah, their was, secret yeah. police. So he would definitely have uh, been like one of the higher ups already yeah. during the Empire. Like, so. He knew Mando's real name. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's what happens when you have like the CIA of space. Well, <laughs> that was the other that was the other thing that I thought was kind of interesting was the fact that at some point in time those computers recognized who he was. Mm-hmm. So I, like they maybe when he when he, when he did that when he scanned the, his head, right? Yeah, the facial yeah, scan. The facial scan and it, it immediately recognized him. It wasn't like an alert. It was we know who this what this who this face is. I don't know. Or was it just that there were no warrants i don't know that i, I was confused about that yeah i think he I, th- I imagine he probably collected his name from some sort of a, like a refugee ledger or something like that mm-hmm. you know in many of the invasions of these planets and that so i don't necessarily think like they would have had his face on record in that but definitely some sort of record of him i don't know no, that's just for me that, that that kind of that kind of made me kind of raise my eyebrows like is has he worked with the empire at some point which is also possible that he did Boba did it. It's not uncommon for Mandalorians to work for Imperials. I thought that Bo-Katan said that they don't normally, they're not really, but anyway, it's, it's something that we yeah. have to figure out. That's a, that I think that's going to be an Easter egg that may show up in the future. I hope yeah. it is. Cause that's kind of a cool little, little for bit sure. of plot setup. For sure. There is one person that we have not talked about and it's a really important person that only showed up for one episode, which made me sad, um, mm. but it was an amazing episode. And that, She's getting her own show. She is getting her own <laughs> show, so I guess that's okay. Um, we ended up getting... Wait, which episode was this? Uh, the Jedi. Uh, episode 13, five. which is number five, directed by Dave Filoni, written by Dave Filoni, and that was the episode that introduced us to Ahsoka Tano, uh, played by Rosaria Dawson, and... Whew, she's my favorite character. This is my Ahsoka that I keep on my desk. Um, mm-hmm. And, like... I don't know what you what you it was perfect for me for me as an Ahsoka fan seeing her in live action it, the way she was the way she was acted by Rosario and us sitting I was sitting there like this if this isn't a backdoor pilot to a show I don't know what is um and all the nods and, to hey, Kur- gotcha. <laughs> and it was um and all the nods to Kurosawa like Dave Filoni mm-hmm. like hit it on the nail what did you guys think of this episode and Ahsoka in general mm-hmm. I thought they did it. They did everything again. That's part of my fan service done right. Mm-hmm. Is they took a, a beloved character, they translated it properly. They did the same thing with Bo Katan as well, too. Oh yeah, yeah. Took yeah, a, great, a okay. beloved character, translated it over properly and impressively. Um, to the point where it also it's like, hey, here's your live action pilot. There you go. <laughs> and there's nothing wrong with that. Nope. Mm-hmm. Cause it didn't feel like she was just there to get an audience reaction like this. She had like significant story arc. Ooh, yeah. So I, what I loved about it is when uh, Mando asks her to train him and she's like, he's too attached to you. I've seen this happen before and it went badly. Mm-hmm. And just hearing her say that and you know, everyone who, who watches, who watch the anime shows like, Oh my God, Darth Vader. She's talking about Darth Vader. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just like it's it's beautiful like it's it's wonderfully written dave filoni man god yeah <laughs> how about the fact that like you know instead of kind of teasing us with it in the first 30, 30 seconds? seconds of action on the screen <laughs> she's there 
and just it, it was such a beautiful sequence and that her moving like a wraith and that through that forest and that taking down one guy after another i love they that she kept on turning it on and off and oh disappearing into the mist like <laughs> mm-hmm. it, it was it, it's in, it was incredible to watch mm-hmm. it gives you a little bit of foreshadowing too about what what kind of damage a jedi can do mm-hmm. yeah right like we we all know as star wars fans but you know just sort of reminded us that you know we got to see that again in the last episode with luke yeah but you know she was able to take out that whole army of of, of soldiers right there on her own it's funny yeah. because people are sitting there like why isn't the dark troopers why aren't all the soldiers dark troopers now and you see a jedi just just tear through them like yeah, like yeah. they might be bad for mando and those that crew of people but you send a jedi in there and it's just like that's why they got replaced by clones man well and, and there aren't that many jedi anymore right yeah so maybe they're thinking that there might be right. There's Cal still around, Ahsoka. Mm-hmm. There's Luke. Um, I can't remember who else is. Uh, maybe Yo- Mace Window. <laughs> no, Yoda's dead, man. Yoda dead. Yeah. Yoda's, oh yeah. This Yoda's, is after. This Yoda's is after. become one at this point. Yeah. Yeah. yeah Yoda's gone. Yeah. But, uh, uh, any other thoughts on uh, Ahsoka? I know. I know you watch the animated show shows. I'm. Just, I was just super excited. Yeah. <laughs> so excited to see the. The live action, like I agree with Matt hundred percent. They did it right. And, and I just, I felt respected as a fan watching, watching that, that and most of the episodes of the season. Mm-hmm. And the, the one thing that I was the most impressed about, and I think we talked about this, the one thing that I was concerned about going into it was with all the prosthesis that was needed there to make the character translate, it didn't look dumb. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like because that's one thing, yeah. yeah, like with just with the with her whole head tails and all that, it's very easy for something like that to go horribly awry when you're trying to translate it over into reality. Especially if you're moving that fast and doing all that choreo, right? Mm-hmm. You don't want those tendrils like hitting you in the face the whole time. Yeah, um, sure. I know at the end of Rebels, you saw it, the 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 tendrils and all the everything a lot longer, and there was a mm-hmm. big hubbub on the internet about you know the length of it and. You know, mm-hmm. I thought it was fine. It translated it fine. fine. I thought it was fine. It, it, from a practical point of view, it would not have helped the act. You know, any of the actors in that. Like one bad swing in that, and they probably would have spent the rest of the day like just trying to repair a, a massive headpiece. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Could you imagine? And I love that they made it all practical. Like again, yeah, fantastic. But um, yeah, it just it looked right. It didn't look goofy. It didn't look dumb they went practical with it, which I have imminent respect for because they could have just tried to CGI it and it would have looked okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It would have looked weird. It would have looked off. Yeah. Um, one other thing uh, in, in terms of Ahsoka, Dave Filoni had a little interview after, after that episode aired and people were asking him, well, is this right after the rebels epilogue where we see her teaming up with Sabine to look for Ezra and, and Thrawn. Mm-hmm. And he's like, you know what? The great thing about the Mandalorian is you don't know when that took place. And I'm like, you mm-hmm. son of a bitch. Because <laughs> yeah. um, doesn't, she doesn't have her staff in the TV show. Mm-hmm. Um, but in this episode, we do hear her talk to that uh, head Imperial and ask where Thrawn is. So she is mm-hmm. on the search for him. And we know that he's not just in the, in the, fr- the lost regions anymore. He, she's mm-hmm. actually just looking for him around the outer rim. Yeah. So, and that's so. going to be part of that spinoff show. Like Thrawn's not going to appear in the Mandalorian, no. right? It's going to be he more might, of a, well, he might, we don't know. Yeah. I guess if, if the universe is all, they'll, they'll collide yeah. in different ways, right? No, it's going to be like uh, Marvel. Everything just ends up being mm-hmm. a giant cluster 
episode well, with amazing all, all, of, all of this is being basically kind of overseen by the same people so there's isn't all that potential. nice to have a plan isn't it nice to have dave <laughs> and and john favreau making this universe sort of like how john did with the mcu yeah it's weird how people that actually care about the property they're in charge of and care about doing things that are not only good <laughs> for the story but for the fans it works out in ways that just don't make sense that people are always happy at the end of it oh. fucking interesting that oh my god um any other final things before we go to the epilogue of the season any final thoughts on the on the season okay. i thought it was wonderful i think they <laughs> elevated past the first season which was something i didn't know if they could do and they yeah. did it with in spades and made me happier as a star wars fan who knew that was they, possible they, they blew they blew up the razor crest i was surprised surprised that- i was surprised about that but then we got to see him in the we got to see the inside of slave one and it, it moving in the gyro which was so cool do, do we think that we're gonna get a new razor crest like what's mando gonna use in season three is he gonna slave get a new two. ship or I don't know. That would be great. I assume electric. You know what? I assume Mando's going to be on that light cruiser with Bo Katan. Mm -hmm. Um, So he's not going to have his own ship, at least not for this next season. He could always get Bo Katan's ship, right? She has a. Oh yeah. She has her own ship. Oh, that would be awesome. I love that. Just the thing with the Razor Crest is it 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 became a bit of a. like you, like when you go and you, you can find toys in the store, like Legos and everything that were of the Razor Crest. Like it became its own sort of brand, its own identity as part of the show, along with the yeah. child. Yeah, that's, yeah. yeah. and both of them are gone. Yeah. yeah. But that's that's not a bad thing because again, it's one of those like people identify it and they they enjoy it and they like it. That's fantastic. You have two seasons of these things to love, and moving forward. Also, the like the fact that the child has gone off with Luke does not mean we're never going to see the child again. Yeah. It just means that that's because it, it's not the Mandalorian and the child. It's not the child. It's the Mandalorian. Mm-hmm. It's his story. This was a big chapter of yeah. that. However, he he had this, two seasons of babysitting, and yeah. uh, he's going to try something else for a little bit. Yeah. Oh, we didn't talk about the last thing we should do. It was, it was this is why it was so important for them to blow up the Razor Crest in that scene and that because it was it, you know as Shaw said you know it's it's recognizable. It's, you know, mm-hmm. no pun intended. It's a very recognizable vehicle in that. You know, so the fact that they're willing to let that go, it reminded me of uh, Optimus Prime season- dying. No, no. <laughs> season three of Breaking Bad when they got rid of the van. Oh yeah, yeah. Because the van became very emblematic of the show in that. You know, and it's like mm-hmm. you know, almost, you know, and things like that can tend to sometimes be a crutch mm-hmm. and yeah. not a- allow a show to move forward in story. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, there is one thing I want to talk about before we get to the epilogue, and it's the theme of Mando finding out about more about his upbringing and the mm-hmm. and the cult. I'm going to air quotes that that he came mm-hmm. out. He's a child of the Death Watch, which was a which was a very strict um, sect of the Mandalorians, where they believe this is in, the way. Yeah, the where they way. believed in the rules of Mandalore the Great, who was an old mm-hmm. warrior who never took off his helmet and was more of a warlike um, ruler. Um, the but as soon as he met Bo-Katan and she took off her helmet, um, she started. I think throughout the season he ended up learning more about himself and how he wasn't just strictly um, tied to that as a Mandalorian. Like he had the he had to live the ideas and not just have to follow the strict dogma. And there was a scene at the end of the finale where he ended up taking off his helmet, which mirrored Darth Vader taking off his helmet and. Both Grogu and the Mando got to, you know, really see each other for the first time. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a touching moment where Grogu like touches his face, and mm-hmm. I'm sitting there bawling on my couch by myself. <laughs> yeah. And it's it's a it's a poignant moment. What do you guys think of this whole um, this arc towards him being able to just take off his helmet for someone he really cared about? And the, whole, the whole season has been like developing not him as a human as a as a human being as a character, and that you know the, this was like a natural progression on that. He learns you know he learned through caring for this child that he's more than just like a tool for violence, mm-hmm. uh, you know, s- stuck to a slavish old way. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No, that's just it. It's it's making him a character that is 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 it's adding dimensions to him, adding layers. Uh, which also, again, makes it like I want to see where he's going to go from here because they could, they could change the way of the Mandalorians if they so see fit. They can you know, amalgamate all the parts to bring them together. There's so much potential for it, mm-hmm. but again, he's going to be a catalyst to that, which is awesome to watch. Shows, I think, I think they already did. <clears throat> like, I, I think the actor himself. Um, What's his name? Pedro, Pedro Pascal. Pedro Pascal. Pascal. Yeah, I, I think he did a fantastic job of bringing the character to life, even without being able to see his face for like ninety nine percent of the show. Mm-hmm. Like he was able to um, emote certain emotions, like th- throughout the way he acted, um, in in a in a way that I didn't expect because there 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 was definitely a lot of okay, how, how can he show us that he's like how how he's feeling towards. Grogu or how like when he gets angry or but he was doing a good job with that and then I, I think to be able to open him up and 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 provide um, you know facial expressions and things I think it'll add another layer to that character which mm-hmm. which is going to be great yeah um, and the most important thing before we talk about the epilogue is what did everyone think of this season's favorite swear word dank ferrick <laughs> <laughs> which happened like every other episode <laughs> Um, do you have that tattooed? Eric? Uh, not yet, <laughs> but I actually use it now, um, which I think is uh, humorous for me. I, I I love that. Again, that's that's the kind of cultural impact you see from stuff like this, where something becomes so iconically tied in that it enters into the lexicon of yeah. people slowly but surely. Um, it's it, it's creating flavor for that universe as well, too. Mm-hmm. And we got I to love- hear Cara Dune do a couple more swears in the last episode. I can't remember what they mm-hmm. are right now. We even got some swears in the last episode from Boba Fett and then his little exchange with uh, uh, yeah. um, uh, Bo-Katan's buddy. Yeah. I was going to say uh, Sasha. Yeah, <laughs> that's her name. Sasha Banks was the, the, the actress. Um, yeah, I can't remember. Yeah, no. Anyways, uh, but yeah, they sound a Costco little Costco Reeves. Mm. Yeah, sorry, Hawk. Anyways, um, anyways, I got, I got nothing more. Dank Farrick. Dank Farrick. <laughs> Dank Farrick. Uh, it's like uh, when um, Battlestar had their swears, um, mm-hmm. and that just went everywhere. No one does it anymore, but, you know. It's it's definitely an upgrade from Poodoo. Oh, and, and uh, McClunky. Benta Poodoo. Although we hear McClunky once. In I this. heard McClunky in the yeah. last episode. Oh, yeah. Maybe may slightly upset, but whatever. <laughs> oh, you know that they did that just like that's the deep cut for fans. Again, it's <laughs> those little things where it's like, ah, yeah, there you go. Yes, son of a. Anyway, so the end of the, so the credits roll and everyone's sad and crying because Luke Skywalker was amazing and, you know, Grogu's now gone off with him and r2d2 shows up and not just stupid bb8 stupid bb8 um anyway <laughs> um we get a post-credit scene like they did in the first season and we see jabba's palace and bib fortuna is now sitting in opulence on the throne and gained a couple pounds because you know he's the he's the leader now the new, that's what new jabba that's what you do you sit down you eat a little bit and you have your dancers do things 
and you see um, Fennec end up going down the stairs and just wiping out people and Boba Fett joins them and Boba Fett goes there <laughs> and Fortuna's like hey what's up Boba Fett kills him takes over the mm. throne post credit uh, title coming December 2021 the book of Boba Fett, Boba Fett. yeah I'm getting goosebumps just thinking about that right now. And yeah. there was a lot of talk about whether this was season three of The Mandalorian or its own show. And today, Star Wars confirmed that this is its own show taking place at the same time as Mandalorian 3. Mm-hmm. Ah, they, but- they, they really want to make sure you're getting your money's worth for that Disney Plus subscription. <laughs> yeah. Why not? <laughs> that, that to me was, hey, all you fans of uh, Tales from Jabba's Palace and Tales of the Bounty Hunters. Here you go. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I am here for that. I, nothing's making me happier than we now get Boba Fett doing dark, shady criminal stuff. Mm-hmm. Just, but he wow. also, like, he also seems bound by an honor code. Like you see that in, mm-hmm. in, in the, the episode where he says, you know, I'm, I'm going to help you get back the child. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. So he's he's kind of like uh, would that be chaotic good. <laughs> well, he he is still a Mandalorian. Like he's still going to follow a variant of that code. Mm-hmm. He may he may find loopholes in it because again he's also a clone and was probably taught Django's version of that. Yeah. But at the end of the day, he still has the whatever code he follows. Yeah. How great was that? The the episode was titled "The Tragedy." As soon as I saw that go across the screen, I thought, oh, "No." <laughs> um, do you think this is what I assume is going to happen in the first episode of the Book of Boba Fett? And correct me or tell me I'm wrong. It's going to start off with uh, we're going to see some sand, and we're going to see Boba Fett in Slave One, and then we're going to see the Sarlacc, <laughs> and we're just going to see him blow the shit out of it. <laughs> Come I on. do. I, I do actually sincerely hope that we do get that uh boba fett dengar storyline somewhere in there yeah yeah how they just just so like how he got out like how he got out how he got helped just because that's again it's a it's easiest way to start that story oh you think i'm dead i'm not i'm boba fett (laughs) (laughs) robot chicken did a wonderful thing if you haven't checked it out do it um do you remember the the first episode of the season where they're talking about how that that uh was the the crate dragon right yeah that, that was living inside the the sarlacc uh nest yeah. and and he said well how how does it go into the sar like how does it live in the sarlacc nest and he goes well if you ate the sarlacc um uh, yeah. and so when i when i heard that i thought maybe that's how boba fett got out because maybe the the dragon actually killed the sarlacc and, and boba fett escaped that way mm. i never thought about that that's awesome mm. i do love that the first episode went from two different uh screen ratios just to show how big the crate dragon was sorry that was a yes uh, yeah. <laughs> that's a wonderful nerdy thing um, hawk any final thoughts on the book of boba fett i know you you stepped away for a sec I don't even want to guess at this point. I just want to be. I just want to be surprised. Mm-hmm. We, got, we got twelve months, and then yeah. we get to watch it. Uh, and hopefully, yeah. December twenty twenty one is very different from December twenty twenty. Speaking of twenty 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 one, Disney a couple like a week ago, I think about a week ago, yeah, um, decided to have their investor not their investor call, but it was part of their investor call where they announced fifty two new things across their <laughs> properties. Fifty two, yeah, Disney's new fifty two. Yeah, oh my god, oh, I didn't yeah. even think about that. 
Um, they walk in a write-in turns. Everybody write something down on a sticky note. That's going to be a new show. Oh my God. Could you, we got this <laughs> suck at HBO max. So Marvel's, um, Amazing news, but we're we'll talk about that in another that's, show. That's going to be a whole other episode. because Wandavision is yeah. coming out soon, and we're going to have to talk about that anyway. Uh, oh yeah, Whew. and all the Spider Man news. Oh my God, we haven't talked about Spider Man. We'll, we're going to get all cover all that. Oh, yeah, we'll do. That. Yeah, we need to do a Marvel episode. Oh yes. Mm-hmm. Um. So Disney series, Disney Plus series that have been announced. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna take a drink. Hold on, because it's gonna be a long. Take a deep breath. I would like these alphabetical. Or do you want to go? Uh, no, God, no. Do you want to go one by one, or do you just want to? Um, do you want me to just go through all of them? Just I just list them, go list through them. all of them. Okay. So for Disney Plus series, we are getting two shows set in the Mandalorian. Um, uh, I guess three now that we have Boba Fett. Uh, two shows: uh, Rangers of the New Republic and Ahsoka. Um, then we're going to get an animated The Bad Batch uh, series that's a sequel to the Clone Wars. Then we're going to have Star Wars Andor, which is the Rogue One's prequel starring diego luna <laughs> then we have another live action show called the acolyte which is helmed by russian doll creator leslie Hedlin, and this is set in the high republic era of the franchise then we got the title card for obi-wan kenobi and the announcement that hayden christensen is returning as darth vader then we got a droid story, which is a new project for Disney Plus, which will feature new stories alongside um, R2-2 and C-3PO, which, you know, I don't know if it's live action or animated. I think it's animated. Sounds like it's animated. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> then we have another like live the kiddos. <laughs> then we have another live action um, event <laughs> series called Star Wars Lando, which I hope will feature Donald Glover. I assume it is. They didn't announce anything. They have to. Then or the Billy last, Williams or both. Yeah, well, that would be amazing. It would be like Young and and Jones <laughs> Adventure, where old Lando is talking about his adventures, and then oh yeah, that would be amazing. Yeah. Um, and then I think one of my favorite announcements for the uh, Disney Plus series is Star Wars Visions, which is an anime anthology series that is all like Japanese creators doing their own take of Star Wars. Yeah. And I say, like, the one outlier that I'm most focused on is the Acolyte, you know, because it, it, what it wants to do is it take us into the perspective of the emergence of the dark side uh, yeah. at the end of the High Republic and that. I'm a little wary. Um, you know, I know, I know, you know, everybody's, you know, read the news and that with Kathleen Kennedy and her hires and that, you know, I haven't wa- I haven't really bothered watching Russian Doll. I, I tried the first was episode. I, was, I wasn't in that into it. In that, it's entertaining. So. Yeah. It's the story concept really intrigues me for a series in that. It's so. Groundhog Day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, basically. Um, but funnier. Uh no, that's a lie. But different. There we go. There you go. Um sorry, there there's two movies that were announced as well. I might as well just say it. Um Patty Jenkins, who's the director of Wonder Woman nineteen eighty four and Wonder Woman, um, announced her next movie, which is coming out in twenty twenty three, and it is Rogue Squadron. And then there's also the untitled Taika Watiti Star Wars movie, which they have also announced officially now yes um yeah <laughs> that's a lot so they've and, got a few things coming out yeah. um just to, basing it off mandalorian uh rangers of the new republic i assume is about cara dune and maybe appa going on maybe. adventures mm-hmm. i would i would I'm, imagine yeah, yeah, would some, something about the uh the the you know these x-wing fighters that have to go and try to keep order in the 
you know, and, and various yeah. Republic soldiers and stuff. And then yeah. their X-Wings merged together to become a big X-Wing. Vol- and- Vol- Voltron <laughs> X-Wing. <laughs> um, when I heard the news, me and, uh, me and Chelsea were talking, I was like, this sounds like a Power Rangers show. I hope it's a Power Rangers type show. So where- somebody made a Power Rangers opening. <laughs> I know. And then you sent that to me right after. I was like, God damn it. Everyone was thinking it. And Ahsoka <laughs> is about the uh, search for, I assume, um, Thrall. Enzra. Uh, Enzo, Thrawn. 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 Thrawn and uh, and what's his name from Ezra? Uh, Ezra. I'm gonna say Ezra, Enzo. Ezra. That's, uh, that's I don't know. Enzo is a reboot. Um, reboot. <laughs> the internet has gone crossover between reboot and Star Wars. <laughs> the internet also went crazy when the Ahsoka uh, uh, TV series was announced because everyone's like, "Get Benedict Cumberbatch to play Thrawn. Just do please, it. Please, he's already part of." The Disney family just get him in there. I was like, "That's fine. I would be down yes. with that." I no, don't. I still. I, no, actually, you know what? No, I still want Richard E. Grant. I don't give a shit. Richard E. Grant would be good, but he's already been in Star Wars, and he was in the last movie of the last trilogy. No one cares. Just get him to play Thrawn. He would be good, though. <laughs> he is Thrawn. He's he should have been with, Thrawn in that last he's movie. Thrawn with pink skin. Just give me Thrawn. <laughs> um, anything else you guys are excited for this list? I'm I'm super excited for Hayden Christensen coming back for Obi Wan. I like Hayden. That'll Christensen. be cool. I'm I hope wondering does. if we're gonna see cast members of Rebels and that show up in Ahsoka. Probably. I I have no doubt that we will. Yeah. But they would kind of have to at some point in time. Yeah. Sabine um, has to show up somewhere. Yeah. What I'm, era? Oh my god! I was gonna say, is, is Ewan McGregor playing? Yes. Yeah. Obi Wan. Yeah. yeah he is. Okay. Um, I'm excited for the Obi-Wan series. I'm not excited for the fact they started shooting it in Boston of all places. I don't understand that. <laughs> hey, Skywalker, you think you're better than me? Like, Get over here. Uh, Skywalker's wicked pissed. I mean, there's there's a wretched hive of scum and villainy joke here somewhere, but I know people from Boston, and I like Boston as a city. So. I like it too, but... I know, I just thought it was funny, because it's like, yeah, we're, we started shooting in Boston. I was like, not the city name I was going to expect to hear for the Obi-Wan Ooh. series. With uh, the announcement of this series and Hayden Christensen, do you think we're going to be seeing Clone Wars era Hayden Christensen? Like, sorry, uh, Anakin? Like yeah. flashbacks? You think we're going to... Oh, likely. I mean, makes sense. Why oh, wouldn't they? That would make my heart so good. Does that mean we're going to see a younger Ahsoka? Maybe played by Ashley Exine? <gasps> Who knows? Who knows? Oh, I'm ready to forgive you, Hayden. Here's the thing. The possibilities are endless, provided that Filoni still has control over a lot of it. If they yeah. just give it to Kennedy, it's going to get buried and no one will care. <laughs> Well, that's, yeah. that's just fact at this point in time like yeah. she was given a fr- like the prime movie franchise and buried it Filoni was given an offshoot cartoon that no one really cared about and has spawned all this from that because he actually cares yeah it, so, it helps that he was also under the tutelage of George Lucas and yeah. was basically like this is how I think and he thinks pretty much like George yeah. Lucas, but with, you know, being able to articulate ideas better. Yeah. I guess. <laughs> uh, uh, act better, please. Act act better. Act faster, better. more intense. Faster, more yeah. intense. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, any final thoughts? Well, there's a Rogue Squadron movie. That's that cool. I'm, I'm actually really excited for yeah. that. Mm-hmm. I did uh, like a, a, like a Top Gun video. in space. Yeah. Well, she said that her dad was a fighter pilot or test pilot. I can't remember which one. He was. Yeah, he was. He, he would. Oh, he tested or he. Yeah, well, he was a fighter pilot. You know? Yeah. <laughs> Either way. Yeah, <laughs> he was. A, exactly. He was, she used to spend her days wa- you know, watching him and that go up in the air and that. I believe there was a tragedy involved with it, too. And that. So it's, oh, no. this is apparently a very personal movie for her and that. And she'd been yeah. offered scripts before she, you know, about doing that. The, uh, 
a jet fighter movie. Mm-hmm. She said this is yeah. the one. Rogue Squadron no. is taking place after episode nine. So um, take oh, that right, as so it so will. It's, it's the new Rogue Squadron. Oh, yeah. okay. I was going to say, were they going to connect yeah. to any of the story from the video game that came out? Well, that's that was the only concern I had for us. I think it could be really good, but are they going to just have a lot of, uh, of CGI, CGI and Mark Luke. Hamill? Yeah. But if it's new Rogue Squadron, I'm here for that because that's co- that's going past this trilogy of whatever you want to think of it and doing its own thing. Go ahead. There was one thing I wanted to pass by you guys because I saw it all over the internet. Um, people are talking about how because we are in this era after Return of the Jedi and Luke Skywalker should, in in all honesty, show up a little bit more. I guess if it's interconnected with mm-hmm. the dealings of the universe and he mm-hmm. him being so important, people are like instead of doing CGI, like it was nice that one time. Why don't you just cast Sebastian Stan as Mark as Luke Skywalker? Do you think like because when I f- first saw Luke appear on the uh, on the bridge and that like I got a serious Sebastian Stan vibe from it and that and it almost felt mm-hmm. a little intentional. <laughs> it's I mean it's it's tricky because it's it's if they start going into the realm of recasting is just like you said I mean if they're going to have Luke show up more because it's involving the politics of the universe they would also need Leia because she mm-hmm. runs the New Republic. Yeah. realistically somewhere along the lines, especially with like the book of Boba Fett, Han Solo is probably going to show up somewhere in there, but the, these are characters that are so iconic that you can't start recasting now. It didn't do so well with the young solo, right? Yeah. Like they tried that and that it kind of backfired on them. Well, I mean, that was kind of bound to happen anyways, just because mm. of the nature of it. Cause it's not Harrison Ford. I, I had also read that uh, there were concerns too, that Sebastian Stan is, is so um, connected with the uh, Falcon and winter soldier project that it would be difficult to have him doing the star Wars stuff as well. It's true. Cause he basically the time off that he would have from Falcon winter soldier would then be cool. I'm going to go shoot Obi-Wan now. He's just like, uh, he's just, like, just keep on and, dropping off that truck of money. Yeah. My house. Like, I appreciate <laughs> these dumb trucks full of money, but I'd like to be able to sleep on it at some point in time. <laughs> they, they, they just it, have to get out of that uh what's it called the the uncanny valley like they're they're getting closer but it, it's still like even seeing the the luke that they created for that episode you knew it was like almost there it was it, almost there it's the quite. deep fakes that they should start going into right because those look, those are the closest that i've seen that's basically what they've been doing at this except point. they're and they're actually animating it still which Be is a little... they, they got to use that ai and make it because someone mm. um replaced uh, they redid Tron, Tron's Legacy, with deep fakes, and it looks so good, and it makes yeah, me so sad because I love that movie, and seeing it even better makes me sad. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> and as far as recasting and that, if it's done right, it can work. In that, I mean, like you know, mm-hmm. people, I think a lot of people were probably up in arms than that when they were, like Star Trek was recasting the entire original cast. That's that, true. Like, That's wow. true. if they if they can do this right, you know, and if it has the proper feel. Mm-hmm. In the right hands, I think it mm-hmm. could work. I don't see. For me, it's difficult, especially because you're you're recast. You're, well, mostly it's you're recasting because the actors are all have aged out of the time frame that you're in, mm-hmm. or sadly have passed. And then it becomes that fine line of how much of it is honoring their memory versus just trying to get someone there to get them. Because realistically, if you're if you are trying to craft these stories that are so reliant on these characters being there then you're not creating new material. You're just filling in blanks with characters that you know everyone loves already. And I would always say, if you, if you have a good enough story, you don't need to have them there, aside from like having Luke show up for a quick cameo or having a message from Leia somewhere. You, you have to rely on these characters to show up constantly, not that you need to recast. Yeah, There's a problem. 
Yeah. Well, you know what? Let's throw that out to our listeners. What do you think about having the original series characters come back onto a show like Mandalorians or anything set in the Mandalorian time era? Why don't you send us a note? All of that information is in the post call. You can also contact us on all of the social medias. We are everywhere. Thank you. Matt Moore, thank you, Hawk. Thank you, Shouse, for coming on, um, talking about Star Wars. And thank you, Shouse, for dressing up for this episode. I should have put on a bathrobe <laughs> just so I could fully get in the the uh, <laughs> the feel of it. Um, I grew my Obi-Wan beard just for this episode. I grew my nice. dirty stash just because I'm lazy. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, thank you for talking about Star Wars with me. It's, it's wonderful. This season has been so good. It's always a blast talking to you guys about all of these things. Well, we still got to talk about our 2021 or 2020 episode. We will be back next year, which is really only two weeks away. Oh, ah! Um we will, but we've almost made it through 2020. We've almost made it. Yeah. Just crawling to the just, end finish line. We're just crawling like uh, Anakin Skywalker on the on the beach on. I hate you. Wait, weren't we supposed to be getting superpowers tonight too? Is that wasn't that the thing? Wasn't the, yeah, I heard that was a thing about that. Yeah, the the alignment, right? Yeah, the conjunction. I'm gonna go outside and try and fly off the, you know, not not my roof. I meant off yeah, like, the ground. Yeah, it's like float, safe float. float. I'm try to fly off my. Just don't end that sentence, dude. This is gonna end. Anyway, we're, thank, gonna get, we're gonna get reported. Thank you guys. How, for, how lame would it be if we all got superpowers and only really lasted like thirty seconds? Oh, we and we were here when it was happening. I can just oh. grow my fingernails really long. <laughs> They're just slightly faster. Oh, <laughs> thank you guys for coming on talking about Star Wars. Thank you all for coming and listening to us. We shall talk to you guys soon. Goodbye. Uh, bye bye. Well, that's it for us this week on Geeks with Kids. If you want to get a hold of us, you can send us an email at podcast at geekswithkids.ca. And don't forget to like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash geekswithkids. Follow us on Twitter at geekswithkidscn. Check out our pics on Instagram at geekswithkids. And you can find all of this good stuff on our website at www.geekswithkids.ca. So if you like what you hear, why don't you hit that subscribe button and leave us a comment. This podcast can be found on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, YouTube, and your favorite podcasting app. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you next time.